In today's episode, we turn to the most controversial thing I have said in the history of all my podcasts. Yeah, I don't even know if that's true, but I hope it gets you to stick around. We also have a quote from a movie that stars my wife's least favorite actor of all time. But at least he's not in this clip. I'll give you that. We visit some really weird-looking creatures. We discover the guy who we thought was the boss is actually way down in the rankings, all on the way to answering the question, what are angels? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. I believe I ended the last episode of my podcast with what, well, with what for some people was a pretty inflammatory statement. That statement is that I'm agnostic about angels. Now, I understand this can make some people anxious, really anxious, because for many people, angels are absolutely central to their belief system. There are a lot of people for whom, as I said, angels are really important. And let me be clear, if you're one of those people, more power to you. I think it's great. They just aren't terribly important to me and my belief system. But that's really not going to impinge very much on this particular episode. What is really interesting for me is that there's often very little intersection between what we believe, meaning how we talk about angels today, and what the Bible actually says about them, which is the reason pretty much for this podcast we're doing now. But let me be clear, I have no intention of changing anyone's belief system regarding angels. I do hope, somehow, to manage to present some stuff that maybe you don't know, that you find interesting, that perhaps leaves you, well, a little more knowledgeable and aware than you were before you listened to this episode. So I hope you finish listening to this podcast and feel good and don't have a reaction, well, like the principal did in the movie Billy Madison. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, that would be bad. Well, since we're going to be talking about angels... Let's begin by reminding ourselves of some simple things, maybe digging into our memories and recalling what we know. So let's start by picturing an angel. Let's start with what an angel looks like. Bear with me for a moment. Just imagine that you are suddenly in possession of a time machine. I know, just took a weird turn, didn't it? You're suddenly in possession of a time machine and you can travel to some place in time of your choosing in the past. And you pick the moment when the angel appears to Mary and announces that she's going to have a child. Wait, that's not the choice I would have made. Okay, admittedly, this might not be the first choice for many people, might not be the first choice for anyone, but it needs to be our choice for today for this podcast to work because if we go back to Woodstock, it's just not going to relate to this at all. So just bear with me. Now, because God seems to be a God of surprises, there will be things about this encounter that you don't expect. 
But what I really want you to focus on is what you do expect. More specifically, what is this angel going to look like? Perhaps the image you have in your mind is a traditional one, which tends to come, I think, in two varieties. Both have wings. One's the small baby-looking thing with wings. Often those are called cherubs, right? And cherubs are actually in the Bible, so we're going to get to those. The other type of angel that is typical is the powerful male figure dressed in some flowing garment that also has wings. Interestingly, angels are neither male nor female. They don't have a gender. And remember this fact, because it's important. They aren't human. They are something different. Now, some of us like to believe that angels are simply the souls of people who have died. And again, if this is your belief, you're good. But interestingly, that isn't in the Bible. That's just something we've created, and understandably so, I think, that helps us visualize what happens to our loved ones after they die. And as I said, it's understandable because we have a visual image of angels. We kind of have a sense we know what they look like. So it's not surprising to use that when we try to think about the souls of the departed and what they look like in the afterlife. Also, while we're eliminating some non-biblical understanding of angels, let's talk about another, guardian angels. Yeah, they aren't in the Bible either. Well, at least they don't exist and aren't mentioned in the Bible. Now, maybe they exist and just never got mentioned in the Bible. That is not to say that angels in the Bible don't occasionally take the role of protector, but nowhere does it say anything like the idea that every one of us is assigned our own personal angel who follows us around and keeps us safe. Plus, let's be honest, if this were the way things actually worked, there'd be a lot of guardian angels that are horribly failing at their jobs, wouldn't there? Okay, so let's move to a little quiz. Now, don't panic. There is nothing to be anxious about. Or actually, I should have said that like the angel who spoke to Mary. Do not be afraid. Anyway, the question is simply this. How many angels can you name? And while you're thinking about your answer to that question, I'm going to give you some time to think. I'll tell you a little background on this question. There is some ancient Christian literature, actually one particular document I'm thinking about right now, obviously excluding the Bible here, but there's an ancient Christian piece of literature that names all the known named angels at that particular time. So, to be more specific, in the late 5th, early 6th century, there was a guy named Pseudo-Dionysus the Areopagite. Okay, I know. His name is, well, it's just a lot. So, he's the first person in Christian history, as far as we know, who puts together a list of named angels, and his list contains seven archangels. They're Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, Kamel, Jophiel, and Zadkiel. Now, some of these names may be familiar to you. Some of these names maybe you've never heard before. Shoot, there are names here that I may have heard before, but I don't think I've ever heard of some of them before doing research for this podcast. Now, you may only have been able to name two or none at all, and I do want to say, don't sweat it, because what you know about angels tends to be mostly shaped by what denomination you grew up in. There are different modern lists of angels, and it depends on what denomination formed you as to what you think that list is. So rather than going down the rabbit hole of studying every religion's, every denomination's different list, let's look at what's in the Bible. 
Oh, by the way, in Christianity, we got our understanding of angels from our Jewish heritage and then changed some of it after being shaped by the words that were written in the New Testament. Just know that there's a certain amount of overlap between Christianity, Judaism, and Islam when we talk about angels. There are only two angels named in the Bible. They're Michael and Gabriel. They are, as is often said, the two named archangels in the Bible, which is, again, only half true. There is only one archangel that is named in the Bible by name. It's Michael. Michael, by the way, shows up in Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Gabriel is certainly one of the named angels in the Bible, but never delineated as an archangel. Now, the Christian tradition of us assuming he's an archangel kind of makes sense, right? Given that we understand Jesus to be the Son of God, literally God taken flesh to live in the midst of humanity, it makes sense that when an angel visits Mary to tell her of this coming, we Christians are going to figure that kind of news about God himself is going to warrant an archangel, not just a regular angel. Okay, so what are angels? Well, angels are supernatural beings. They are creatures. They are creations. And this is important. They are not eternal. They are a creation of God. And they have differing roles. They are guides, messengers, guards, proclaimers, servants of God. And interestingly, there are several types of angels in the Bible, and they aren't all the same. Okay, so most of the external literature, which delineates types of angels, says that there are, in essence, three groups of angels. And within those three groups, there are several types within each group. And a quick note from me, some of these distinctions seem pretty loosely formed. So don't think you're going to go pick up your Bible, find a passage, and it lists these things like you could find a listing of the Ten Commandments. It's just not going to be laid out that clearly for you in your Bible, the things that I'm about to describe. Now, before we begin, let me say something very clearly. I'm not sure we're really expected to understand angels. I think our focus is intended to be on God, not on angels. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't believe in angels. It doesn't mean that angels aren't supposed to be a part of your faith. But they are, as far as humanity is concerned, they're messengers. And you've heard the metaphorical phrase, don't shoot the messenger. Well, equally important, but far less quoted, is don't let the messenger eclipse the message. Yeah, that one's important. And it really works in this instance. In the first level of angels, in that first subgrouping, but the top of the hierarchy, there are seraphim, cherubim, and thrones. Now, these would be, as far as humanity understands, as I just said, the highest ranking of all angels. Seraphim are the highest ranking of all of these. And we assume that for good reason. In the book of Isaiah, we're presented with a vision in which we see the throne of God, and above the throne are hovering the seraphim, or seraphs, as they're described in some passages. So let me read to you a passage from Isaiah. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, The hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs, or seraphim, were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So these guys aren't really like anything we've seen before. They have six wings 
Two are used to fly. Two are used to cover their feet. Two are used to cover their faces. They spend eternity singing praises to God. Think of them as the royal guard and God's cheerleading section. The next group is the cherubs, who we mentioned earlier. You see, when I hear cherub, I imagine something like Cupid, that cute little pudgy baby-like angel with wings. And these things are described, the cherubs are described in Ezekiel chapter 10. They each had four faces on their head. Normally in art, they're depicted as the four faces facing in four different directions. And the faces were that of a lion, an ox, a human, and an eagle. Their legs were straight, and they had feet like the hooves of a bull, except those hooves gleamed like polished brass. So wait, why do we then think that cherubs look like plump little boys with wings? Well, because the creatures described in Ezekiel are the kind of things that give kids, well, shoot, give even adults, for that matter, nightmares. So we've substituted something more palatable to our tastes which we've borrowed from our depictions in human history of Cupid. Now, the third type of angels we have can go by one of two names, Thrones or Ophanum. Thrones, that name is based on a passage from 1 Colossians. Ophanum comes from the Old Testament source, so I could choose either one to put in this particular place, but we have more information from the Old Testament source, so I'm going to stick with Ophanum. So, At least the angels we've mentioned so far sound something like what we might expect a living being to look like. Maybe nothing we've ever seen before, but at least it's like something we've seen before. But these creatures are described in the most strange and bizarre ways. In the book of Ezekiel, well, let me just read you that passage. The things that are referred to in this passage as living creatures at the beginning are the cherubs, and then the cherubs are described as being next to the orphanum. Okay, I'll begin the passage. I may do some interjections in the middle to help you figure out what's going on here. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the earth beside the living creatures, one for each of the four of them. Now, quick commentary from me again. This is Dan speaking, because this can be very confusing. Those wheels, those are the angels. As for the appearance of the wheels and their construction, Their appearance was like the gleaming of beryl. Okay, I need to interject again. Beryl is a transparent blue-green mineral. And I'm out. And the four had the same form, their construction being something like a wheel within a wheel. When they moved, they moved in any of the four directions without veering as they moved. Their rims were tall and awesome, for the rims of all four were full of eyes all around. So these angels are often depicted looking like giant gyroscopes with eyes on all of their wheels. Okay, now we move into the second layer of angels, into the second tier of angels. And within this group, there exists several types. There are dominions, virtues, powers, and principalities. So where do these come from? Well, if you look at the book of 1 Colossians, we have a passage that talks about the absolute power supremacy of Christ. And here's a piece of that passage. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. Now, for Christians, the first point being made here is that Christ is not 
a creation. Christ is the one through which everything, even this list of stuff in heaven, was created. Now, this list is the source of our knowledge of these type of angels, and there is conjecture as to what these do, but most of it doesn't come from the Bible, so we're not going to spend a lot of time delving into that list, those list of angels we've just heard. Now we get to the third and final tier of angels, the lowest of the hierarchy of angels, as the listing traditionally goes. The first of these is from a passing reference in Ephesians, and it is rulers. The second of these in the third echelon of angels is archangels, and the final is angels. Now, it is assumed that most of the upper level of angels that I've described before are concerned with the affairs of heaven and managing the breadth of God's creation. It's really only these lower two orders, the last two orders, that are directly concerned and involved with the affairs of humanity. I know, because we always want to make Archangel as the absolute top of all angels, but at least in a lot of Christians down through history studying this, they tend to place Archangels as next to the bottom. Only angels are lower. Interestingly, angels and Archangels are the two that humanity has experienced. And they tend to be, therefore, the ones that are represented in art the most. Almost always, they are depicted as having wings. But the earliest Christian artistic representation of angels was in Christian burial sites. They did not, didn't ever include wings. Matter of fact, in the very early depictions of angels, you would not have been able to recognize that that was an angel in the picture unless you already knew the story that was being depicted by the picture. Interestingly, it was not until the 4th century that Christian art began to add wings to its representation of angels. Since angels are seen as somewhere between God and humanity, it made sense to depict them in a more otherly way, to differentiate them from humanity. Now, let me say something. When I was in seminary, I was taught two different things about angels. One stems from the Hebrew understanding of angels— which is that angels are an extension of God's will and therefore actually rank beneath humanity because they don't have free will. They cannot do other than what God asked them to do. The other and very different point of view I learned is that they very much do have free will and are much higher on the rating scale than is humanity. Now, frankly, I don't have much patience in either of these views. It seems to be a distinctly human thing to do, I mean, isn't it just like us taking our awareness of a different type of being and asking the question, but are they better or are we better in the eyes of God? If there's one thing I have learned about the nature of God revealed in Jesus Christ, it is that God has no time nor interest in the creation of a hierarchy of the things he loves. God's love never comes accompanied by a greater than or less than symbol. The reality is that God loves, period. No further modifiers nor descriptors are necessary or even possible. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. And if you care to find me, look me up on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. My email address is dan at skypilot, that S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone. That's dan at skypilot dot zone. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, 
seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions. Thank you.